everybody, it's Justin. Welcome to a very special interview for May Day, welcoming Sydney Sweeney, who you know as Eden, from season two of The Handmaid's Tale. She is joining us here. How are you doing, Sydney? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's a pleasure to talk to you. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us. Well, thank you for talking with me. I'm excited. Oh, no problem. Uh, so tell us a little bit. Let's uh, get a little info about how you became involved with this project before we jump right into the questions, because I'm always interested in how these things occur. So tell us how you became uh, involved with The Handmaid's Tale. Well, I got the audition for the show to play Eden, and I figured, I was like, okay, I should probably watch an episode of the show because I actually haven't seen it yet. And I watched the pilot, and I ended up watching all 10 episodes that night before my audition. Oh, you binged it. Oh, I binged it so fast, and then I ran out of my room, and I ran straight to my mom. And I was like, mom, I have to watch the show, and I binged it all again a couple days later. Oh, my God. You watched it twice? I watched it twice. Wow. <laughs> Now, I could see that from a, from an acting standpoint and a production standpoint. You're trying to figure out everything about this show, but that's a heavy, as I say, that's a heavy binge. That's a lot to, to deal with. Oh, it was it was a lot. It was me sitting in my room. I had to turn on all my lights. <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> that is awesome. Now, had you read the book at that point? Once I auditioned and then I found out I got a call back, I went and I bought the book and I read it that day and... I went through and I read it, I think, maybe three times because I just went, once I found out that I got Eden, I wanted to make sure that I could find everything I knew about Gilead. And also, Margaret Atwood is incredible. So Awesome. What was your first impression of the show after watching it? Like, Did you even know what to expect at that point, having not seen any of it? I didn't know what to expect. Of course, I'd heard about it and I'd seen posters and I knew that people were reacting hugely to the show. So... I was like, okay, I know that it's, it's going to be something. And I, I didn't know what that something was until I saw it and my jaw dropped. I was completely shocked by the entire show, not only just the storyline, but the acting and the cinematography and the production value that went into the show. It's, everything is so powerful and strong and every single detail is so precise and meaningful. And I love that. That's awesome. It's, it's, it's interesting to see, hear you kind of come at it from a a fan's viewpoint in getting into the work of the show. That's pretty pretty great. So from a from a craft Oh my stand- gosh, I was I was freaking out when I was on set. <laughs> I would watch when I found out that I booked it, I was like, okay, I wanna make sure that I'm not gonna be like some young girl showing up on set. But of course I'd seen the interviews of when Yvonne would show, I believe, Hollywood Reporter around the sets and so when I got there and I was walking through all of these sets, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm actually in the kitchen <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> Yeah, you're actually in these places that you've only seen. That's that's so funny. That's awesome. Well, it's, right. It's cool that you have that enthusiasm for it, and that you you know show passionate about it. And that it would have been it would have been a little rough if you watched it and you were like, oh, this show's kind of okay. But no, it seems like you <laughs> really dug into it, like most of the fans of the show have. Oh, it's, how can you not? Right. Uh, so first thing we want to do on here with our interviews is uh, give our social media followers and the fans of the show a voice. And so they are the ones who uh, make a show popular and make our podcast uh, listenable. So we're going to go ahead and start Thanks. some of these off. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. We're going to start off with our Instagram follower, A.A. Moose. Uh, <laughs> this is the, that's one of my favorite parts <laughs> is just figuring out all the names. The, he wants to know, are there parts of Eden's personality that you haven't had a chance to explore yet or dive into? I think that you'll be able to get to see Eden explore some more of her personality and curiosity that a teenager possesses in the next couple episodes because she was raised not to speak out or 
out of turn or have unwavering thoughts. So a lot of people I've noticed say that she's kind of like a shell of a person, but really if she looks at someone out of the side of her eye, that's like her exploring something in her own way. Like small things are big for her. So in the next couple episodes, I think you'll get to see parts of the personality that they're wondering did I get to explore a wish that I could have explored, but I can't really dive into what is going to be explored. <laughs> so I think the, the question I think will be answered in the next couple episodes about personality, wishing that I could be exploring it. Very interesting. Part of this is about what happens with Eden and Isaac in this episode. Yes. So talk about that moment and this character who is thrust upon, you know, thrust into this marriage with Nick who has zero desire to even to pretend that he Mm -hmm. likes her or give her any even remote communication. And so Isaac comes along and he's kind of given her that feedback. And talk about that from the character standpoint, being 15 and kind of finally getting some attention from someone, how that plays into the way things play out. Well, it's just like every teenager, the moment someone gives you attention, you fall in love. I mean, someone gives you a note in your locker and you think, oh my gosh, I'm going to marry you. Like, it's (laughs) that kind of innocent childish attention that she's craving and her husband who she has been raised to be devoted to isn't giving her that and she doesn't know why and so there's a bit of the teenage angst and love and curiosity within Isaac but then there's also the whole Gilead and God and she's supposed to be with someone who wants to have a family so it's am I cheating on my husband? Or am I finding someone who is going to give me exactly what I'm supposed to give in Gilead? Interesting. And so, yeah, it's a very interesting thing to explore, right? That she's forced into this marriage that is basically loveless and is terrible for her. And she doesn't really have much of a choice given the, you know, society that she's in. But Isaac presents what should be. You know, as far as far as a fifteen year old, you're probably exactly. not going to end up marrying Isaac, the guy that you first meet when you're fifteen. But presents this thing that is really what's supposed to be first love or first, you know, puppy love, even whatever you want to call it. It's supposed to be the thing that is really what she's looking for, not this marriage to this guy that's twice her age. Exactly. I mean, that's her. She's supposed to be a teenager, but she's in a world where she's not allowed to be. All right, so our next question comes from uh, several people. So I, I like to condense these, so people that ask the same similar question. We've uh, got three people. So from Twitter, we have at Tyrus James, uh, Instagram's Jess Marjolin, and Facebook is Mariah King. <laughs> want to know. <laughs> Everyone wants to know, did, did Eden read those letters? <clears throat> I can say back, do they think that maybe she read them? can't say yes or no. That's what I thought. Uh, I was just doing that for fun. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to give that away for us. But I find it fascinating, (laughs) the arguments that I see on social media about people deciding whether or not Eden A can read, given her age and the time that Gilead's been in power. I've I've read a lot of comments and actually from journalists, too, how they're saying, well, Eden is 15, but Gilead's only been around for about five years. So, like, why is she so brainwashed? And you have to think about it. Like, there's been these groups that hold anything that have been around, but they haven't taken over yet. But there's these people who are still involved in those groups. So she and her family, they were involved in Gilead before Gilead became what it is today, 
on the show. So, yes, she's 15 and she's older than Hannah, June's daughter, but June's daughter wasn't raised in Gilead. Eden was raised by her parents who were firm believers in the society before it took over the government. And that's interesting. And it's, I think a lot of the not having a definitive timeline from the show uh, plays into some of that. And so it's, right. a, it's, it's always interesting to see the speculation online and all the reactions. It's just kind of fascinating. So Yeah, no, definitely. It's, I'm always like, well, I didn't think about that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, when we were talking about it on the podcast, I was like, well, you were talking about the age, and we were all assuming that she could read at least. And I was like, well, even if she just picked them up, it's not exactly a thing you turn off. You know, like once you can read... You can read. So even if she didn't, like, ruffle right. through them and read all of them, she read a little bit of them, and I'm guessing that what was in those letters just sitting her, on yeah, the top. Her eyes, her eyes glanced at a few words. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's all you need, really. Uh, so I guess that exactly. what, you, what you just mentioned with Eden's family, um, kind of a little bit of her backstory there, which really hasn't been explored, uh, our Instagram friend, uh, Lee Alicia, wants to know, are we going to get any more of an Eden backstory? Because we really don't see anything other than her mother at the uh, marriage ceremony. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, we really don't know much other than the little hints that she drops along the way. You'll get to learn a bit more about her family. Um, I can't say why or when, but you will get to see a little bit more of where she came from and who she came from. Interesting. Now, next question comes from our Facebook user, Eric Erica Buchanan Porrell. Uh, she has a question. Is there any part of the character that is acknowledging how immoral the situation is that feels like your character has an underlying anger just below the surface? Well, because Eden was raised to be a true believer, she doesn't know that it's immoral. She doesn't know anything different where June and Nick, they all know a world outside of this and Eden doesn't. So she doesn't see anything immoral with it. And I believe that her anger underneath comes from her husband, Nick, not being the husband that she thought she was going to have. I mean, she's been raised to have a baby, a happy household, make her husband happy, and she's not having that. She's trying so hard for that, and Nick is pushing her away, and that's where the anger is coming from. That makes a lot of sense, because like I said, Nick is not even like, Nick's not even faking it. Even at the request of June to fake it, he's not faking it. So he's not doing anything. Yeah. No, and it's one of those things. That's kind of been my the most interesting reaction I've seen online is this anger at the character of Eden. And my thing has been mm-hmm. if there is there are a very limited number and she might be the only one of people that you can look at and go, you are not to blame for this because you have been raised in this, like you said. And so I kind of give her a pass of you know of all the people. She's the one that I look at and I'm like this is none of your doing and I she's one of the rare characters in Gilead that I feel sympathy for so have you felt that same way and have you seen any of that fan reaction I actually saw the fans switch the reaction after episode eight I believe I think before that it was pure hate for Eden I mean I was at a restaurant and someone came up to me and they're like do you play Eden on Hammerstone I was like yes they're like I hate your character and I was like oh. thank you <laughs> like all right <laughs> How do you respond to that, really? I mean... I was just like, all right, thank you. I hope you like the show. (laughs) But then after episode eight aired and you kind of started to feel for Eden, I saw the fans start to defend Eden and be like, this girl, I feel bad for her because she doesn't know anything else. And 
she's just trying to do what she thinks is right. So I did see the fans start to, like, change their views and actually get mad at Nick for not at least giving her something. Now, that is where I'm at right now. So just so you know, the podcast yeah. is officially in your court. We're officially behind you. <laughs> Thank you. Not, not with her beliefs, <laughs> but with her sympathizing with her situation. We do, we do understand. So you got, you got us. You got Mayday behind you. So let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about you and uh, Mr. Nick, aka Max Minghella. Uh, talk about your chemistry yeah. between you two, and a seemingly lack of it from a character standpoint. But working together to kind of present that as this, you know, loveless relationship that neither one of them really understands and that Nick wants no part of. Mm-hmm. How do you prepare for those scenes and what is your your relationship with him like off the set? Well, off the set, we're really good friends. I actually went and hung out with him and watched his movie that he directed over the summer and he's an incredible actor and filmmaker and we just hit it off really well. And I think that helped a lot too because we wanted to push each other in the show because his character explores places that his character hasn't been before and Eden was completely new for me. So being on set and doing those intense scenes with him, we really pushed each other and dove into it with each other and encouraged each other to keep going further. So it was it was like being Eden and Nick and it was great and we jump out of it and goof off and <laughs> We're just a bunch of goofballs, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I've heard. We've, you know, we've interviewed a number of people from the show and the creators. We talked to Bruce Miller last week, um, which he, I'll, I'll talk about something he said about your character in a minute, which I found interesting. But that's kind of been the overarching, you know, thought from everybody we talked to is that this cast and crew and the whole project just feels different than anything they've really done as far as the family atmosphere, which I think kind of mm-hmm. is necessary to get through a darker show like you're producing. Um, so talk about that a little. Yeah. Talk about the onset, you know, familial feel of The Handmaid's Tale and how you've experienced that kind of coming in midstream to a show that's already had so much success. Well, I was really nervous because second season, halfway through the episode, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be this random newbie. But from the moment I got on set, it felt like I was family and I'd known these people almost my entire life. They are so welcoming and they're so warming and they're so nice. And I've worked on amazing sets before with really, really good people, but this group of people really are a true team. And I think that shows with the show that they've created. They work well together. They're so supportive of each other. Everyone cares for each other, and they really made me feel welcome. And all of my nerves and everything went away, and I just wanted to be there every day. That's great. And that's got to help you from a performance standpoint of really feeling comfortable with who you're around and kind of all the egos. Being... Yeah. And especially like, I'm I'm sure everyone said it, but like, we left with Taylor Swift and we all goof <laughs> off. And it was just like such a cool atmosphere because we're filming such dark stuff. And then we'd be sitting in our cast chairs or like hanging out with Bruce and we'd just be goofing off. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it sounds like it. I mean, that, that's been too everyone that we've talked to has said the same thing is that it's just an amazing experience and it's unlike anything they've been involved with before so it's, it's really cool that you're getting to you know be part of it and i can imagine coming in right in the middle and kind of walk again like oh this is real uh <laughs> it's kind of surreal at that point so let me ask you that because i would imagine for you're a fairly young actress and even having been had the career that you've had so far walking into a show that is culturally 
in the conversation as much as The Handmaid's Tale is kind of unique. At what point does that wear off and how do you cope with coming into that and kind of getting away from, oh my gosh, I'm here to really digging deep and diving into the work finally? I think just the moment I put on the character's clothes and you walk on set, it's like, okay, this is work. I'm Eden. And then when you take it all off, you're like, okay, I'm sitting and I'm on the camera too. Oh my God, I'm freaking out. <laughs> and that transitions perfectly into something <laughs> that, that we love to talk about, which is um, Anne Crabtree. Uh, we, she is the first person that we ever interviewed that was involved with the show, so she holds a very special place in our heart. And uh, you don't know this, but we were at the uh, SCAD Fash exhibit and the screening uh, in the audience. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so talk a little bit about it, because I always like to ask people about her, because there's so many great stories about just how the, the clothing is made and the costumes are constructed and just how it's different than anything they've really experienced on other productions. So talk a little bit about that and how her her work and the costuming really helps you get into that mode of Eden. Well, I've never worked with anyone like Anne Crabtree before. She is beyond anything I could ever imagine. She's such a force and a talent that I wish I could work with on every single project of mine because she really helped bring Eden to life. I mean, from Eden's wedding dress, every single detail was so precise for Anne. If you look at the back of the wedding dress, it symbolizes a fertile egg. And a lot of my costumes, Anne wanted to have like an innocence or a fertility to my outfit that me, I would have never even thought of until she told me, and then that would just bring even more to life. I would hold myself in a different way the moment I would put Eden's clothes on because of how they were constructed on me. Even my underneath all the dresses I would wear and created these Peter Pan-type bloomers, and it was like every single piece would be something that Eden would wear, and all of Sydney's stuff was completely gone. So it was legit, like walking in someone else's shoes and I love that I love how many details and how much Anne puts into every single costume because it really does bring you to life as a character absolutely and she is an incredible person as you know that night when you hear her talk about her craft it is an artist talking about their art and it's one of those things like unless you use experience talking to her and interviewing her which we've gotten the pleasure to do twice um She's incredible, and so we like to talk about her every chance we get, so I do. Uh, so She is amazing. I yes. would talk about her every day if I could. I know, right? That's what everybody says, and I think people are like, she's costume designer. I'm like, yeah, but it's a little more than that. So one thing we do have to address is one of the more controversial things that, honestly, after it happened, did not get as much attention or was as controversial to some people as it was for me, um, which is the Nick and Eden sex scene. And so uh, we have a Facebook mm-hmm. user, Carlos Ayala, who was asking, you know, it was fairly controversial. Uh, what was your reaction when you first read it? And let's talk about, let's just extrapolate that whole scene. Because I know for me, it was, did we need to show the whole thing? And how do you feel about that from a character standpoint of that scene in general? And then when you guys talked about putting that together, what was the thought press behind? Okay, we're really going to show this and it's probably going to be controversial. And how did all that play out? It was a very talked about scene because people trying to figure out what lines they can and cannot cross. But it felt like it was a very important scene because, one, it's important to the storyline of Eden and Nick and to Gilead and what Gilead is doing to these people. 
when I read the scene, I, as Sydney was, as a fan reading, I was like, oh my gosh, this did not just happen. <laughs> um, as, <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 I have to go back and read that. <laughs> uh, as an actor for, as Eden, uh, I thought it was a very powerful scene because you see this little girl doing what she believes is right and what she's been raised to do and believe in and what she thinks God wants from her and to think that there's actual cultures in this world that girls younger than 15 are raised to believe that it's okay to get married off to older men and have sex at 12 and a lot of people are like this shouldn't have been in there but like this is what happens in real life and if you can't put on TV what happens in real life and what's the point of storytelling. Like in school, we read history books wise so that we don't repeat history. And if we don't go there on TV shows or movies, then people won't get uncomfortable by it. And they'll just turn their blind eyes from what's actually happening in the world. But the moment you actually see it and you do get uncomfortable and you're like, do we really need to see this? Then you need to start thinking, where did this come from? And you're like, wow, this actually did happen somewhere else in the world, and it's happening right now. It's just watching it makes you uncomfortable, and you know that's not real. Then it's like, how do you feel about a little girl who's actually going through that right now? Well said. You've convinced me. You've turned me. (laughs) So don't. And also filming it, it was way more technical than it looked. Yeah. So talk about that aspect of it, because I think that's something that is interesting to explore. If you if you're okay with that is kind of blocking that out when you're doing that that scene how to, what's the technical side of that like and also also i just want to put this well, out there um people are very concerned and want to know more about the hole in the sheet so uh, if, <laughs> i know that that probably was explained because everything on this show has a purpose and a story behind it so if you could talk a little bit about that as well so just the whole making of that scene if you would well the sheet is actually from a religion that uses a sheet like that and for everyone now, I had my clothes on underneath. Max had all of his clothes on, even though it like looks like he was taking his pants off. He wasn't really taking off his pants. We he still had his tank top and pants on. I still had my pants and my um I had like this corset for my top. So I was completely covered, he was completely covered. And there's about like ten, fifteen people standing around you going, Can you turn your chin just a little this way? Or spraying us with like water bottles and we're just like laughing the whole time. So <laughs> It's not as glamorous as it looks. Uh, so then this rolls right into our other question from Morgan Olympia Baldwin. She is our Facebook user. She wants to know, uh, with Eden being so young and you having to play this character that is 15, were there any parts of her character or storyline that you were uncomfortable with or that you kind of, you know, when you first broached them, were like, whoa, okay, we're really going there, even beyond just the sex scene? Well, I think the whole storyline itself is uncomfortable in general. <laughs> Good answer. But I, I really, really wanted to make sure that you wouldn't see any uncomfort in Eden because she wouldn't be uncomfortable in it. And I always, whenever I'd get different scenes or I'd read the different scripts, I would try and separate Sydney's thoughts from Eden's thoughts. And reading it as Eden, there was no uncomfort. Sydney, the whole thing, it's uncomfortable. I mean, can you imagine living in a world like that? Didn't expect that answer, so that's good for you to be like, this whole thing is terrible, actually. Um, (laughs) So that is all our social media questions. So thank you to everyone who uh, follows us on social media and uh, submitted a question. So talk about how this experience has affected you personally 
has it changed any of your viewpoints or have you walked away from this as a different person? How has it really affected you? I definitely have learned more about the world and politics and everything that goes hand in hand with it because when I'm only 20, I'm still figuring out life and what I believe in and I want to make sure that I have all the information behind everything before I say, oh, this is what I back or this is what I don't back and going into a show and just learning so much more about the world and what's going on in it. It definitely was an eye-opening experience for me and being able to have all the role models on set that I was lucky enough to have just female role models and Bruce and it was just one of those experiences where you learn so much about yourself but you also learn about other people. So yeah, talk a little bit about that. That's something we have addressed recently on the podcast is that this show is built around the society that is male dominant and the women don't play certain roles and they're only supposed to be that thing that they are. But the show itself is mm-hmm. almost completely female driven with the male characters kind of being, you know, on the side to drive plot when they need to. So talk about that experience and right. how, how that that's felt as a as a young actress and really, like you said, being involved with this, you know, large cast of strong female actresses and mentors that you have now. I've been really lucky and we're going from Sharp Objects where you have Amy Adams and and then everything sucks it's just like a bunch of kids and I've never had to worry about that whole male dominant aspect and especially on Handmaid's Tale, I mean I couldn't I have not enough fingers to be able to name up all the incredible actresses that took me under their wing and I now aspire to be hopefully half as good as Elizabeth Moss and Maddie and Amanda. It's like one of those things where you realize that there's so many superheroes in the world and I see Elizabeth and Maddie and Amanda as like the superheroes in this industry and and Yvonne and just like they're creating this incredible show and to be able to watch them pave the pathways for so many other actresses it was just I just sat back and I was like in school and wanting to listen to the teacher and (laughs) wanting to learn everything that you could possibly learn from them I appreciate you taking the time, Sydney Sweeney, and uh, we have grown to uh, appreciate your character, and I think you're doing great work. Um, because I will say this, my, my wife is a high school teacher, and so she teaches kids that are uh, Eden's age. Your uh, treatment of Eden as a character is spot on. Um, she could not seem more 15 if she wanted to, so fantastic work by you. <laughs> And um, fantastic work by everybody on the show. And I'm so glad that um, we got to talk to you, and we appreciate you taking the time today. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. I really enjoyed it. All right, and we look forward to everything else you're going to do on the show and uh, wish you the best of luck with everything moving forward. Thank you. Thank you.